Hey, this is the Solomon Investor Show. I'm your host, Blake Templeton, and this is where we focus on the wealth strategy of the world's wisest man, King Solomon, and then I translate it for the 21st century investor, covering everything you need to know from wealth to faith to excellence. It's time to stop trusting the public markets and look to history's first trillionaire on how to build real, lasting wealth. Look, over the past 14 years, we've applied these exact principles in more than 300 plus transactions. Not one single investor has lost money. That trillionaire was King Solomon. We'll be sharing his wisdom on how to build wealth in a way that's translated for the 21st century investor. My name is Blake Templeton, and this is the Solomon Investor Podcast. Now, in this episode, we'll be discussing the best investments for 2021. And you'll learn how to take full control of your financial future like a boss. Now, the truth is, when you invest in this asset class with the right structure, over the coming decades, you'll transition from having wealth of a peasant to wealth of a king. From being a trader on the trade route to truly owning the trade route. And from hoping you have enough to having abundance where you can truly help others. I have a special guest with me, a good friend. And we're going to unpack together two of the undeniably best investments for 2021. Ryan Smith is a co-manager of multiple investment fund, totaling over $700 million in assets under management, which he specializes in mobile home parks and self-storage, representing more than 20,000 units located in 25 different states. Now, a fun fact about Ryan... He was drafted as a senior in high school by the Baltimore Orioles and again in college by the Anaheim Angels. Pretty cool. So when we talk about excellence, I can assure you and testify that he performs everything at his greatest God-given abilities. However, what I love most about Ryan's story and why him and I are so aligned and have a strong alliance is that he's a kingdom businessman. And he truly loves Jesus. And this is the foundation that leads his investment allocations. As you guys know, that's same about us at Boron Capital. And that's what a Solomon investor is. It's about being God-directed, taking control of your investments, and then creating absolute exponential wealth. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I shared a little bit about your history um, briefly. Um, Share a little bit more, maybe some nuances, some color of, you know, what got you into the platform of real estate you're in? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, we both my wife and I come from blue collar backgrounds and, you know, didn't come from much of anything. And, you know, my I credit a lot to my dad. He's just a hardworking guy and, you know, started roofing houses in high school to, to make a, a buck or two and, and came to the realization for himself. And he imbued this into me, but uh, his realization was the person who made the most money was the one who owned the roof, not the person standing on the roof. And he was That's that great point. Yeah. And so he great jumped point. off the roof, roof probably literally and went <laughs> and, the roofs. and so my dad growing up, we, we, you know, we grew up in the, in a real estate household every weekend, we were scraping and digging and trenching and, you know, and basically touching all the things he didn't want to, you know, it was our, our role as kids. And I have a, there's a photo of me floating around somewhere. Um, 
I think it was six months uh, old in a crib on a roof. Um, oh, wow. So not, not, <laughs> I have not heard that story. Yeah, that my dad was roofing and, and for our family. So, you know, I grew up with the, the concept of, of real estate being a tool that could be used to generate income and wealth. Um, and that could be done with, you know, fairly little amounts of capital and was a, it was a huge opportunity to, um, to kind of take one's financial future in their own in hands. I saw my dad do it, live it out, do a good job. Um, and then as a, basically as a teenager, I found ways to add value to my dad's business. Um, my dad was, my dad is ADD, ADHD, great guy, love him, very talented, um, but analytics is not his forte. Um, I started coding as a, as a young person. And, and so I challenged, I had a software company I had started and I would write software for anybody and everybody. So if, if I ever, as a teenager, went to your business, if I thought you should have software um, in some way that can improve your workflow, I would go home, write the software, put it on a disc, come into your business and hand it to you free of charge. I, I just loved writing software. So one summer I challenged myself to um, code an application that helped my dad sit down at a computer and financially model his own investments. And, and this was, yeah, I love my dad. I love to code. It was also somewhat self-serving in that I feared that if I didn't give him that tool, I would always be his tool. <laughs> I had dreams and visions beyond the basement. So, um, so I, I, I built this application for him. It worked. He was thrilled. I ended up, um, the, that application ended up turning into a company with about 140,000 people like my dad globally using my software uh, as a teenager, which was surreal. Um, and so anyway, I really did to skip me for time and, you know, whatnot. Um, you know, went to college, had a chance to play professional baseball, um, loved the love sports, but coming out of college, had capital, um, had this tool, had knowledge of real estate as being an, a, a great path for creating wealth. And uh, my wife and I, that's, that was kind of the, the, the baseline and, and that kind of propelled us into looking into it and, and taking our first steps, um, which we did. Love that. Um, I love that rundown. Um, it's so important to realize that um, the view that you had of investments maybe came from uh, what we might call even like virgin experience, because most people, as you know, as you know, our investors and your investors, like the, what ends up happening is they get started in their 20s, throwing money into a 401 or IRA, and they're just told as a peasant where to put that money. And unfortunately, that money just goes into a big, um, a big bathtub of indexes or something in the market, which now we're very clear in the last couple of years that those stocks aren't tied to the actual companies. I mean, when COVID can take something out and the companies were still doing really well or vice versa, and so, but most people, they're, they're stuck in that peasant world and they almost get that addiction to the ups and downs. And, you know, they have that language built in, like stay in for the long haul if it's on the down. And then if it's on the top, it's like, you know, it's going to get higher, stay up. Or on the, if it goes down again, it's like, hey, don't pull out because you don't lose until you pull out. And all that weird language that they, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly a cult if you, if you really want to, it's a Ponzi scheme if you, if you really look at how it is. And all of our Solomon investors know that. We've, we talk about it a lot. But to, to, to on that point, most people don't see self-storage or mobile home parks, which we would both agree are two of the asset classes that are the absolute best asset classes in 2021. 
And for you, for those of you who have even a hint of curiosity, you got to stay to the end to understand why and why everything's transforming um, because they're really hard asset classes to get into, but they're not sexy for most people. Um, right. So share with us, um, what are the benefits and you know, why self-storage, why mobile home parks? Sure. So, I, and I'll, and I'll make it personal, you know, to, to kind of, you know, my wife's, my wife and I's story and kind of where we just ended because it, it kind of, your, your question kind of tailors right, you know, dovetails right from there. So, you know, we, at this point coming out of college, we had capital, you know, fortunately because of the software company, we had a, you know, you never have enough capital you feel, but we had plenty at that time to get started. Um, and so we started, you know, we initially started in single family residential. We bought about 25 single family houses. Long-term rental was the model, you know, um, have the tenants pay off the mortgage. And we ultimately found it wasn't that scalable. Um, and there's a whole discussion on that. But long story short, we thought there could be a better path. And so, you know, at that point in time, what we wanted for ourselves, we didn't, you know, we weren't managing capital. It was just, we were building our, our capital at the, at the point and, and investing for ourselves. So the four things we wanted is we wanted cash flow, you know, recurring income. We wanted capital appreciation. I wanted to put in a, you know, a dollar of mine and, you know, over time, hope it was two and three and four, you know, uh, it grew sure. in <clears throat> tax benefits. Um, and then we wanted this, this concept of non-correlation or low correlation, um, also known as low beta, low volatility, a lot of ways to say the same thing and, and kind of what you're referencing as the market does whatever it may do over time. Um, and it'll likely continue to do this over time. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I wanted as much as possible to be off that roller coaster ride um, as, as I possibly could. So, you know, the, the two asset classes, so our process was, uh, it seemed pragmatic to me, is we, we basically took every asset class in real estate we could think of and ran an analysis um, based on really those four factors. And our thought was we would throw the analyses on a, on a table um, and let the, let the analytics duke it out, you know, and we'll, we'll pursue on a merit-based process the ones that were the best, the most compelling. And the two, the two best were mobile home parks and storage by our determination at that time. And it's, it's funny that now almost 17 years later, the two things I'm still doing are mobile home parks and self-storage. And I feel the most conviction around. And, and interestingly, over that 17 year period, the two best performing asset classes for 17 years, you know, not, not nevertheless present. And then also what is expected to continue to be for the purpose of growing net operating income for income growth um, is, is mobile home parks and self-storage. So anyway, that's, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's, that was our process. And one of the things that I'll say real quick on the mobile home park side that may be, um, I don't know, maybe worth mentioning. One of the things that was hiding in plain sight to me was the perception of a moat. So a moat is, you know, and, and this may be a familiar topic or not, but a moat is something that protects our capital while we sleep. You know, that's, you know, I work hard for the, you know, the money that I've, I've made as do our clients and, you know, and protecting it is, is important, you know, and so having a moat is, is, is a valuable feature. So there's a thousand different kinds of moats, there's switching modes, there's first mover advantage modes, there's technology modes, patent modes, there's all kinds of modes. But what I saw in the mobile home park space was simply put, I thought demand would continue to grow for affordable housing and it has, um, but supply is constrained by a stigma. So it's an inefficient market. They, there's a lot of demand for the product, but you can't supply it. 
And the reason you can't supply it is nobody, nobody and their mother wants a mobile home park built near them. We're all fine with the concept of it. Yeah, it's nice you're providing nice houses for families at an affordable rate. Terrific. So then you go to that person and say, okay, we've identified the lot next to where you live. And now you've gone too far, you know, because it's right, right. concept is great as long as it's not near them. And so the, the, short, the short story is um, there's about 55,000 mobile home parks in any given year. There's about 10 built nationally and there's about 150 torn down. So you have demand that's growing. You have supply that is constrained and shrinking, which is a moat. And the moat is the stigma. The fact that mobile home parks are needed everywhere. They're not allowed anywhere because generally they're hated everywhere. So um, I thought the, the negative stigma would actually protect my capital by keeping competitors out. And that's what's happened. You have some really important, uh, important pieces. I want to just kind of chew on for a minute. So guys, what he's saying is as a Solomon investor, you know, one, as I've, I've talked about, he's God directed. So just like we're talking about being, you've got to be the God directed. Who's the one managing your portfolio is going to be God directed because we're directing your investments into your, into the allocations of where would you would actually have a moat where you actually have control. So as a Solomon investor, we talk about being God directed, having control. We talk about it being literally like King Solomon had control of a city called Megiddo where everyone who came through, he made a fee as they passed through and he controlled the entire world because he, he controlled that trade route. So in these two asset classes, he has some great points about cash flow. It, it creates massive cash flow because you're able to leverage being a part of a much bigger fund that we have. And then um, the appreciation, the value of these parts, these are not your, your junky rundown trailer that you know you see all the drug activity like that's that's a whole different class um, of you know like slum stuff that we're not we're not talking about. This is your upscale, highly efficient, um, great, strong properties that truly become this legacy property that continues to put out that cash flow. Then they raise an appreciation. Then you talk about taxes. So most people don't ever ever think about actually make you know making money on the backside of the taxes it's just about i don't want to lose money here you know i want to try to make money here so the advantage he's talking about is the taxes when you actually are making more money you're going to be making more money here than you would anywhere else i.e the stock market so this is sustainable it's producing cash flow produces appreciation versus the tax advantage and this is what we call it in that legacy investment. We covered many other points, but um, this is why it's the best investment. That's why as a Solomon investor, this is where we think and how we process. So now, Ryan, many of our Solomon investors, um, you know, they get it. They've, we've, we've talked about, you know, having control and the tangible side of, you know, your investments and not being a peasant on the trader route, letting someone else be your broker actually coming into alignment where you can actually have control in investments and, and allow um, the actual tenants to come through and pay you. And so many of us have discovered the treasure of investing in mobile home parks and self-storage. And, and yet what they're finding, and obviously you and I know, is that it's so competitive. Why? Because it is absolutely a treasure. And you just mentioned it, you hit the nail on the head, is supply and demand. They're tearing down more than they're building. City code doesn't even allow it in most cities. And so 
you create this demand for this housing for a, a strong population of individuals. And as we see where our country's going, we're, we're losing that middle class. So you've got a rich class and a poor class. And unfortunately, this is what everyone is going to be needing so that the, the demand is going to continue to increase. But so competitive, you know, they're begging, Blake, open a new fund, get it, get me open an opportunity because I don't even see a way to get in. Like it's like a getting into a jump rope. It's like, I don't even see a way to get into an opportunity. And so um, share a little bit more on, you know, tease out a little bit, you know, why is this so attractive now? You know, why, uh, why moving now? And then in the coming years, so they, you know, can, can investors reap the, the fruit of their labor? Yeah. So, you know, we're all, you know, there's, there's past, there's future, there's present. And really the only thing, the only question is what are we going to do in the present? You know, so we can look back and, you know, mobile home parks and storage have been really good to us and have performed quite well, uh, but you can look at all the data points, you know, and, and, and verify that independently. But, um, you know, in the present, the question of what can they be doing? What can I be doing for myself? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of seeming options in the market and, and ways you can go, you know, we think mobile home parks and storage continue to have uh, a significant merit um, in the present. We think it'll continue to be, you know, a, you know, really good spaces to invest in um, for many years. We don't see any impediments to um, the progress of both. I, I don't see supply on the mobile home park side coming online, you know, doubling in size, you know, from 50,000 to 100,000. I don't see that. I also don't see the demand going down. And, and I say that, um, you know, that, that there's a tension in that statement, meaning I, that doesn't make me happy, you know, I, you know, it really doesn't. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, I just think, to your point, disintermediation, technology disintermediates the middleman. I think, you know, there's, there's a thousand ways to say the same thing. The middle class is getting squeezed and there's more and more people needing affordable housing and mobile home parks, interestingly enough, are probably the best solution for affordable housing out there. Um, in that it's an opportunity for people to own their own home, to actually have home ownership without having to own the land because the land is the most expensive part of the equation. So it actually takes the cost of the land out while giving them home ownership. And, and so anyway, point being is when you really look at it, um, storage and mobile home parks, we think there's a lot of opportunity um, you know, still uh, present today that can be taken on, taken advantage of over the coming years. Um, interest rates are low. You know, there's, there's just a lot of opportunity. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're pretty pleased with the way the market's shaping up with what we're seeing, with what we think we can achieve. Um, you know, there's been no impairment to our to our outlook and enthusiasm, for sure. That's so good. And complimenting what you, you've said, and we, you know, I've talked about this quite a bit in the past, is, you know, where our country is going, um, it's changing. And for those of you who don't know, who are new to the channel, I mean, you've got to actually really sit as a king over your investments and look at what's happening in the market. I mean, as a country, we're going closer and closer to a socialist and a communist market. And you can't ride the system. You can't be in their system because it's continually being manipulated. So the realization is you've got to actually take ownership of your own investments. You've got to be inside real estate where you actually can have control over something and you've got to do that in a vehicle that actually runs turnkey for you where you're not the one actually doing it. So before we continue, I want to remind you guys that 
uh, Ryan and I will be actually doing a, a, in a further in-depth presentation over the next couple of weeks on self-storage and mobile home parks and how you can actually invest in them. So if that interests you, you need to join the Solomon Investor Revolution by texting. So pull out your cell phone and text the word Solomon to 31996. So again, text Solomon to 31996. That'll put you in the group that gets our messages and you'll be able to be on that presentation where we actually talk about how you can invest with us. Um, we have a strong listenership, Ryan, of people who want to build an empire. You know, they're like, man, forget the rich quick, you know, the, the get rich quick scheme. Like, I don't want it. I don't need it. I actually see the, like, I see the wisdom in building an empire. I see how I need more money tomorrow than I'll need today. And so let's talk about wealth strategy. Uh, why, why build a wealth strategy? Why is that so important in, you know, in our current future? Yeah. So I, I you know, wealth, you know, wealth is important. Um, it can be whether you want to keep it or give it, you know, there's, there's a lot of different kingdom minded um, pathways that that could take. Right. But wealth is, is an important component. It's, it's important. Number one, to know you can't earn yourself rich. Uh, through income. It's, it's the, the way the tax regime is structured. It's nearly impossible to earn yourself rich. Um, and so, you know, real estate can play a, a role in helping one create wealth. Um, you know, the, the fundamental, uh, and I can go through that if you would like as an example in a minute of kind of the fundamental basis for that statement, like how is wealth actually created? You know, but, you know, one of the benefits of wealth is it's tax efficient because really the only two ways wealth is taxed is if you die, um, or if you sell, you know, those are really the two currently, that's the two ways you're taxed. So, you know, our, our goal is to buy assets, make them worth more, add value to them over time, and then access the wealth and return it to investors through refi proceeds, refinance proceeds, because uh, under the current tax regime, you don't pay tax on borrowings. So you're not taxed, you know, if you, if you put money on, if you put a pur purchase on your credit card, you don't pay tax on that. If you borrow money to buy a house, you don't pay tax on that because borrowed money is not taxed. So you can create wealth and access the wealth and realize the benefits of the wealth without paying, you know, in that way, capital gains tax on, on the wealth. So um, we think wealth creation is incredibly important for what it can do for, again, whether, you know, you have consum consumptive goals or giving goals or whatever your, you know, one's goals might be. I have my own. Um, uh, but anyway, wealth is important. And then, you know, with regards to, you know, kind of how we view wealth, we believe owning real estate for the long haul is, is, the, best, um, is the best path uh, for a number of reasons. One, markets, you know, do what markets do over time. And, you know, you know I, I think everybody on this podcast, if you've been, you know, if you've been on earth for more than 30 years, you know that things generally don't go in straight lines. So <laughs> generally over the longer run, real estate, real estate has done quite well for a very long time and we expect it to continue. But I'll, I'll give you a quick story that, that kind of um, evidences what I'm trying to say um, from, the, from the mouth of Ben Stein. So Ben Stein is a, a friend of ours, um, you know, we've, we've known him for many, many years and he uh, years ago took Jamie, my wife out to, uh, for, birth, for her birthday in, in Los Angeles. And I believe this is when he told us the story, but in short, we were talking about owning real estate and Ben Stein's actually a big real estate investor. Um, his, I think is at the time, his largest holdings, I think were in storage, ironically. Very so, interesting. 
Yeah, very interesting. So he's a prolific investor, big in storage and very smart guy. But he was telling the story of he owned a house, I think it was in uh, Beverly Hills. He bought it for, I think off recollection, he bought it for like $200,000. And one day, you know, somebody came up and offered him um, $900,000 for that house. And he's like, heck yes, I'm going to sell, you know, and his, and you know, I, I won't say his words, but it was my recollection where it was something like, yeah, I'm going to sell. This is the biggest idiot I've ever met, you know, or, or, you know, somebody's offering me eight, $900,000 for this house that I bought for 200,000 sell, 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 sell. In the words of Jim Cramer, you know, I'm going to sell. <laughs> um, and then he, 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 you know, his comment then turned out, but it turned out I was the, I was the bigger fool for selling. He's like that house now would be worth around $8 million. So, you know, at that point in time, you know, something in that ballpark. So he just said, you know, his comment to me was the, um, the, the least amount you'll really make in the long run in real estate is if you sell at any point in time. That's the, that's the lowest, the lowest sum you stand to make over the long run. So the point is he wished he still had that house and he regretted selling it. Okay. So Ryan just shared with you one of our greatest secrets of building wealth. And some of you got it, but some of you didn't. So let's just break it down really quick. So the picture of what he's saying is, is most people have a definition that wealth means how much money you actually have in your account. And so you want to put the money in your account in big chunks. So it's like get as much in your account. But then if you get it in your account, how you're getting it in your account is you're giving up the actual tangible real estate. And that's how you're making the chunk. So then you're having to pay taxes. And for most of us, that's almost 50% in taxes. So then you cut your wealth in half, but it's even worse than that. Now you don't have the thing anymore. You don't have the thing that produces the wealth. So if you're in the stock market, you don't actually have a tangible. So you're already at a massive deficit. But then when you sell because you think you're going to make big, now you pay massive in, in fees and taxes. And then now you have a teeny bit, but you don't have anything. You never had anything to work with in the first place. So now you're entering self-storage and mobile home parks, you're entering literally like a tax haven for a good chunk of the income. And we're never selling, but we're able to refinance. So we, which we'll talk about in just a second, are able to actually pay less taxes, hold the wealth because you still own the asset, the, the actual value of what, what your, the empire is going to be built on. And that allows you to create what's real sustainable wealth. So that leads us, Ryan, into my last question, which most who actually find the investment opportunity, they come down the funnel and they're like, I am one of the elites who found self-storage in mobile home parks. I've actually been in one of these before. We did amazing. We did amazing, which means we found a value-add property, we turned it into something amazing. I was a, you know, a passive investor and then we sold it and we made big money. And so the majority have the wrong structure and they're losing 90% of their actual wealth opportunity. So why Ryan, like why, why are most doing it wrong? Why are they flipping the property, whether it's mobile, mobile home parks, self storage, multifamily, why are they flipping it versus holding for a long time, a long-term asset and pulling, you know, legacy little treasures out of it as they go? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And it's, um, 
I, I can give you um, kind of a brief story that lesson I learned along the way, um, but it really comes down to trust basically. And it's, you know, you, you know, without saying necessarily right or wrong, I mean, it, you know, some people, that's what they want to do and they may learn, you know, we, we all look back 10 years ago and we, we talk about, man, I wish I would have known, right? Right. I, I wish I would have known, but if I could tell myself then I wouldn't listen. It's so true. So it's, it's, you know, to somebody who wants to buy, fix and sell, buy, fix and sell, you know, I would, I would try to offer them a, a competing and maybe to me a more compelling way. But at the end of the day, if, you know, maybe a 10 year future self of theirs um, will realize that, um, you know, through, through actual execution. But, but for me, you know, to me said simply, I have a lot of family from Texas. And so, you know, kind of a saying in Texas, you don't shoot, you don't shoot your milk cow. You know, so in, in terms of, you know, real estate, you know, our model, what we seek to do is we want to buy good assets and good markets that we can see ourselves holding for a very long time. And these are markets like, you know, class A properties in Austin and Denver and the Washington DC Metro and parts of Florida. And, you know, I can, you know, cities, you know, that, you know, you could see yourself owning 10, 20, 30 years from now. Um, and it, it's properties that let's say 20 years in the future, people will look at you and say, man, you're so lucky. If I only I had those properties and, you know, and the problem is maybe they had properties of similar type that they sold and they no longer have them or they didn't take action or whatever it was. But the point being is we want to buy quality assets in those markets, manage them really efficiently, add value to them incrementally over time. And then the goal is to refinance them and return capital to investors as quickly as we can. So let's say, let's say that that happens, you know, five years after purchasing the asset, you know, it could be sooner, it could be later. But let's just say just to talk about a date, let's say it's five, you know, five years. Well then, you know, after five years, you have all your cash out potentially in that, in this example, right? You have your cash out. So then, you know, you're six, you're seven, you're eight, you're still owning the property, still own the property, still own the milk cow. So the point is you now own an asset in a good location. You have no cash invested, no risk on that cash. You have an unlimited return on your present capital balance because you have no capital invested anymore. So from year six through 10, the, you know, that's really a good position to be in because you, you have good, yeah. good income, you know, all of that. So, so the point, the point is we then want to continue to refinance the asset as the asset goes up in value. We want to take little chunks out, put it back into our account. Cause in that way we can reinvest that capital, that the, that original capital, we can then deploy into another asset, you know, and, and keep it going. So that, that gives us the ability to compound our capital, which is a, a whole nother, you know, concept, but, um, but we really like the model. And I mean, when we started years ago, the, the personal story that's, that's short is when we started, you know, a lot of our friends and family who initially, you know, we, we built our portfolio, Jamie and I did for a number of years. Um, in 2008 to 10, our portfolio was doing really well. And we had a lot of people who, when we told them we were going into the mobile home park business, they, ex I think, you know, covertly expected us not to do so hot. Right. I had, I had an aunt, I think, um, she had commented to me, she goes, well, if, if, at least if you don't succeed, you'll have a place to live. <laughs> um, you know, so we, that was the support. We didn't have any support. So we just did it. But Ironically, in 2008 to 10, a lot of our friends and family weren't doing that great, you know, in, in terms of their portfolios. And we didn't tell anybody, but they, we weren't as miserable as they thought we might be. So they started um, coming to us and saying, listen, how do I participate with you? And so, 
you know, and but the challenge we had, we're 29 and 27. And so we put together a fund and we're 29, 27, great recession saying, hey, we're going to go buy mobile home parks. You know, that's a pretty hairy ask, you know, to be candid. They expressed incredible trust in us. They, uh, we raised $2 million for our first fund, which was, you know, at that point in time in our life, and it still is, that's a significant amount of money. But one of the questions they asked is, when are you going to get, when are we going to get our money back? Right. It, and so we said, okay, well, we shoot for five to seven years, plus or minus. And in short, as we started approaching those dates, you know, where we were going to start selling those assets, a lot of the investors, you know, through conversation said, you know, I, I know I wanted my money back in five to seven years, but I trust you now. <laughs> it's so true. Right. Well, so I don't want it because the problem is, you know, the, the milk cow goes away. You get your money to your point. You have to pay tax on it. And now you have to go find a new asset, which has an implication of new risk. You, you, know, you take a new risk on whether or not that asset performs like the old one. Um, and so you know, it, was, it was funny. So when we you know, really started after doing this for a number of years and, and kind of going through the process, our, our investors were in a position where um, they started saying, you know what, we, we really don't want our money back in that way. You know, we, we wish you keep the assets much longer and so we, we, we pivoted to that strategy around 2015 or so. And, uh, and they were like, you know, we had a couple of them comment, you know, it's about time you figured it out, you know, kind of, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, we think it's the better way to go. It's so funny though, because, you know, that was similar to our story. And so, I mean, you know, disclosure guys, we were on the same boat. We were the one flipping the, the big property too, but, um, what would happen when I was due when, when we come to a, you know, before we're ready to sell, everyone's like, when's the sale? When's the sale? Are we going to hit our, our deadline? You know, like, you know, and then when you actually sell and you're like, look at the returns, they're so amazing. They're like, Oh no. Cause clearly now it finally clicks to them. Like I've got to be taxed on that. And now they're scrambling. Can I do a 1031? How, how can I not pay taxes? And so it's the, the irony in the psychology is so funny. So, you know, and that's why guys, it's the writing is on the wall. You got to make more money. You got to get out of the poverty mindset. You can't be on the poor side. You got to actually make more money. So therefore you're, 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 it's a, you're good problem. The problem is a good problem versus a bad problem. The previous problem was not having any money and not having enough money. Now the problem is how do I steward financially and not pay as many taxes? How do I use the actual rules in the IRS system that are there for the wise? How do I do that and pay less taxes? So the writing's on the wall. You got to make more money as you're moving into the future few decades. Uh, Ray Dalio, the one who owns the largest hedge fund in the world says, hey, it's a dead decade in the market, in the stock market, in the bond market. And that's all he's in. So he's like, it's a dead mark. It's, it's, a, it's a dead decade. It's dead. We're done. So the writing's on the wall. You got to do something. You got to step up from a peasant to a king. You got to actually take ownership. You've got to be in something that allows you to prosper. You got to build more wealth. You got to have a tax advantage in that actual structure. And just for the, my, my intellectuals, let's just go to our, lo our logical corner. As, the, as everything becomes worse, I mean, our, the, the GDP of our country has been flat for, since 2005. I mean, all the stimulus has literally, is like a morphine pump, just keeping 
the stock market going, but it's not keeping the economy going. I mean, we're, we're flat. 2% you know, appreciation, and that's it. You need way more than that to have anything thriving. What that means is, is as we've both said, you're, you're getting rid of the middle class. So the system, the system is getting rid of the middle class. So you gotta, you'll end up with a poor class and a rich class, and that's your choice. And when you, when you step into a, thinking like a king, walking in King Solomon's wisdom, then you realize, okay, the people who are in big houses will start selling to go to smaller houses because they can't afford it. Smaller houses to smaller houses, they can't afford it. Smaller houses, smaller. Then people have to move into mobile home parks. It becomes the actual benefit. It becomes the most valuable asset in the funnel. And then for self-storage, when people are actually, when, when there's a season of abundance, uh, guess what? People have extra. So they go store it. When there's a lean season, which is the next couple of decades, lean season coming, my friends. Well, guess what? People store. And we could tell stories on how people will store five or $600 worth of something, spending $50 a month to store it and store it for six or seven years. And it's not even worth what they stored, but they want to go store. So in this season, these two classes are the, are, 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 you know, supple. They're, they're full. They're, they're thriving in the middle of a chaos driven society where the economy, the salaries, the, um, the uh, employment is all in a very sick situation. So listen, as you guys know, and uh, of course we've talked about this so much, but we can't cover everything in one single episode. You, you need more wisdom on what we're talking about. So if this information interests you, if self-storage and mobile home parks interest you, then join the Solomon Investor Revolution. I do in-depth trainings from time to time in our private group who get ex an exclusive access to all those trainings. And again, Ryan and I directly will be doing a further in-depth presentation in the next couple of weeks on how you can actually invest in self-storage and mobile home parks with us. So if that interests you again, Pull out your cell phone and text Solomon to 31996. Again, text Solomon to 31996. And uh, we'd love to see you on that webinar. Man, it's been a privilege, Ryan. Uh, we'll have to do it again soon. Look forward to doing that webinar together. And uh, any last word you want to share? No, no. I, I think um, I think this is good information. And, you know, I, I hope um, those who watch it find it useful and are able to you know, benefit from it. So thanks for tuning in and thanks for hosting me. Very good. Well, again, we appreciate your time, my friend. Um, I've always enjoyed building the, the brotherhood with you. And uh, again, guys, look forward to seeing you on that webinar as we uh, go into more depth and nuances on self-storage and mobile home parks, how you make money, how you get to invest, how you get to be a king, how you get to have control, how you get to gain cash flow appreciation, how you get to have the tax advantages, and all the details in between. So look forward to it, guys. Stay tuned. Again, text Solomon to 31996. Be blessed. We'll talk to you guys again soon. All right, listen, I got to level with you. We've all seen the bubble burst over and over again. 1929, 1987, 2008, and now 2020. The fallacy of the stock markets continue to be exposed before our very eyes. And no matter where you're at right now, no matter where you're at in the markets, it's time to take action and escape the trap. 
you must activate and protect your net worth. Your net worth must cash flow, and we want to help you do that. So do this. Text the word SOLOMON to 31996, and you will get instant access to the step-by-step training guide every Solomon investor uses to get started. It's chock full of current wealth principles, financial facts, case studies, and the frameworks of King Solomon translated for the 21st century investor. Again, text Solomon to 31996. 